0: how Chris has changed. I think Little Joe's pollen has triggered something. Little Joe changes the people he infects.
1: Hello and welcome to the Final Girls podcast where we explore the intersections of horror film and feminism. I'm Anna, co-founder of The Final Girls, and your podcast host. Today we've got a bonus episode for you, nothing to do with our regular Witcher series. We'll be reviewing Jessica Hausler's new film Little Joe, which premiered at the Cannes Film Festival last year and hits UK cinemas this week. We also have an interview with the film's lead actress, Emily Beecham, who picked up the Best Actress Award at Cannes for her performance as Alice, a plant breeder trying to develop a new strain of flower that could give its caretakers joy. She calls this new plant Little Joe, named after her own son. Against company policy, Alice takes home one of the plants as a gift to Joe. Little Joe, that's the plant, soon begins to pollinate aggressively, and the people around Alice, including her own child, begin to act quite strangely. A highly stylized film with a gorgeous, almost clinical cinematography and really popping colors, Little Joe falls somewhere in between science fiction, horror and art house. Exploring notions of identity, updating the math scientist job into something much more interesting and introspective, and as with Hausner's previous work, really preoccupied with a and as with Hausner's previous work, preoccupied with a woman's position in the world. I'm joining this episode by broadcaster Arena Alice Lewis for a spoiler free chat about Little Joe. And directly following that will be my chat with lead actress Emily Beecham about her role in the film and how she prepared for it.
0: Fear can distort our perception of reality. If I made a mistake, then it's my fault.
1: It seems that this has all been a bit much for you.
0: He frightens me. You're a good mother. But which of your children will you choose? Night,
2: Little
1: Joe. Rowena, thanks so much for coming over and talking about Little Joe with me. Thank you for having me. It's definitely an
2: interesting film to talk about.
1: Good. I'm glad you think that. So what did you make of it? What were your first impressions?
2: So at first, it very much looks like it's the typical man versus nature horror film you know very invader of the body snatchers-esque you think that's the direction it's going to go in but you soon realize there's so much more to unpack from it which I thought was just very smart and very well done. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? I thought there were some central themes that were running through it I feel with the main character Alice I think it was showing the fear of women trying to have it all but they can't always have that so I feel that she was concerned about being able to be a decent mother to her son whilst also trying to focus on her job maybe starting a relationship or is she gonna have to sacrifice that so that she can focus on her child and I think that was really well told coming from a single parent household myself I could totally see familiar Um, aspects with what I've seen with my mum and things she's grappled with over the years so I think that really jumped out to me and then as it went on a bit further I actually thought the plants themselves when they were talking about the fact that they'd had their um, sexuality removed and the ability to reproduce I started thinking okay I'm now feeling like this is almost talking about incels and these guys who feel that women are to blame for having their sort of sex life taken off them because obviously she was the one who removed it she removed their ability to do this and to reproduce and then that's the reason that they behave in a bad way and that's the excuse they give for their behavior because that was the reason they were doing they were trying to take over and almost poison people because they were angry that they couldn't do this and I thought that was really fascinating and then I also feel with the way they were talking about how there's happiness that these plants bring, but actually they were just all kind of numb. And so I started to think, okay, maybe it's also a conversation on a heavy reliance on chemical stimulants and antidepressants that we find ourselves in society because they're so prescribed now that the majority of people are actually on antidepressants rather than just being spoken to. And you notice, it says she says to the plant and to her son, it needs to be talked to. And so I think, actually, is she saying that that's all we really need rather than the chemicals it provides to give us this kind of numb happiness? And it was just, for something that was actually quite a short film, it felt like I was unpacking so much through it as it was going on. And to me, that was just kind of joyous to behold. That's so many interesting takes in such a short amount of time. I know, but that's the thing. I thought it was a very refined horror film it wasn't in your face it wasn't jump scares it was something that was the dawning realization of it you see it with Alice she's just constantly watching and observing these things happening and we're doing the same through the film we're just seeing this kind of slowly paced sterile environment where people at first could look like they're just being a little stiff with their acting but it's not at all it's because they're all just going at their own pace and living their life whilst doing their job whilst all this crazy stuff's going on around them so do you think it is a horror film do you think horror fans would like it oh I do definitely because there is something very terrifying about losing your your yourself and part of yourself to another creature or a being and losing control can be a very scary prospect
1: there's also something really terrifying about the idea of your loved ones being lost to something an outside force absolutely and knowing that instinctively but not being able to pinpoint what or why and i thought one of the most striking things for me was actually me was actually not between the relationship between the the parents and the children mm. that are controlled by the little Joes in the film but actually between the character of Bella and, and her dog, dog
2: absolutely because
1: it's such a you know it's an not a human to human parental mm. relationship where you can talk to someone and sort of pick up on quirks and details of how they speak how they behave how they present themselves this is a much more instinctive relationship mm. with uh, of companionship with an animal with a pet that you uh develop even an unspoken rapport with and the fact that she could sense that her dog was not her dog was really powerful
2: that there's various ways of loving someone and something and no matter what situation you're in if you love this being whether it's a dog or a human it's going to be heartbreaking when you feel that relationships breaking down and I think it's incredible to say that some people in their life might not necessarily have children they might have that bond with a pet or an animal instead and there is nothing wrong with that and it was just as heartbreaking to see the distancing there as it was with Alice and her son where it's quite a common theme in horror films where the mother feels like the child's not quite their own, you know, kind of Rosemary's baby where she's like... it. It sort of has come from me, but it doesn't feel like it's, but it doesn't
1: belong to me, doesn't yeah. belong.
2: And again, I can imagine that Like I don't have children myself, but I can imagine that would be my mum's worst nightmare is feeling that she's got this distance between me and she knows it's not. I'm not really who she thought I was. And it must be quite an unusual feeling. And I think they portrayed that very well in an extremely subtle way as well. Let's talk a little bit
1: about the central character mm-hmm. Alice, uh, who's played here by Emily Beecham, who picked up the Best Actress award at Cannes as well, where the well film deserved, premiered. I think. Absolutely. Mm. What did you make of Alice as a character?
2: I think she was relatable with the fact that she's obviously trying to juggle various things. Um, she also has anxiety and questions a lot of stuff that's going on in her life, and I think we all do that. And I think it was also quite realistic having her shunning um, Ben Whishaw as a love interest so that she could focus on her work. Because as I said earlier, I feel that women do often have to make that decision. And I think she played the sort of intensive, hardworking person with details and how she just wants to thrive and achieve in any way possible. And also, she's extremely ambitious. Absolutely. Whilst also caring for her child and clearly loving them deeply but also having the anxiety that maybe she's not good enough and so she's kind of flawed when you see her with a therapist and she's obviously trying to discuss these anxieties she has and sometimes she's like maybe I don't know like am I just not being a good mother and you know it's sort of Elements that you feel that men never have to question when they're trying to be ambitious in their job. And I think she portrayed that brilliantly that it is a choice that women are often torn against, whilst also having this horrific thing going on that her work might be doing something terribly bad to people.
1: I do I did find it really refreshing that she actually says in one of those conversations with her therapist that she does actually prioritize her work mm. and the fact that she's you're right the fact that she's so torn about that realization if she's really honest with herself is is such um is such a gendered experience mm. male ambition is we're very used to seeing that on screen, Mm -hmm. I think. And we're very used to men being able to both have a family. We're expected as well to have a family and uh, be successful in their careers and be ambitious. And not being ambitious is also penalized in men. Mm. Female ambition is often penalized. Mm. And especially when women...
2: It can be seen as selfish.
1: Yeah, and especially when women really admit openly that they value their work more than other priorities that have been given to them, uh, that they value their work more than their love life or more than uh, having children. Mm. She rebukes Chris, which is uh, Ben Wishow's character. And you kind of never really root for them. Did you root for them?
2: No, I didn't feel that it was going to be a possible romantic interest. I wasn't mm. invested in it as a relationship. I was kind of like, relieved when she rebuffed him because I was thinking actually yeah I don't see this I feel that he's just maybe a little clingy in the workplace and he looks up to her because she's a powerful woman who's good at her job and maybe he just kind of admires her for that I didn't really sense that there was like sexual tension or anything going on there and I think that's great it just shows that again a film doesn't have to have a relationship at the forefront that's um a sort of sexual or romantic relationship to be able to show connections between people Mm. it was very much mother and son um dog owner and dog you know they were trying to branch out and show different ways of connection and Alice
1: and Chris have a clearly very good friendly collegiate relationship but it definitely didn't seem romantic to me platonic. yeah and I love just how clear she was about that as well like on paper that would make sense but it was also not the key ambition of the film and I loved it for it because the main thing was this mysterious planned potential virus that was going on um so what did you think about the use uh of little joe as the plant as this evil almost machiavellian (laughs) force
2: I think it was quite a clever use of Again, a mother's fears, because of the fact it's named after her son Joe, you just think, okay, is this actually something she's tried to nurture, but it hasn't been successful, and is that because she feels that she hasn't succeeded in nurturing her own child, so she's trying to put it onto something else with these plants and make them the the best they can be instead.
1: But also something that you can control entirely.
2: Absolutely and that then still goes out of her control and that's a that's obviously going to be unbearable to feel that that something she's tried to work really hard on is then just turning on her and everyone else as well it's yeah it's a really fascinating prospect
1: and how do you think it relates to other and again, making up a genre here to other plant horror films. Because it really made me think, and you mentioned it before, of Invasion of the Body mm. Snatchers for obvious reasons, where, you know, mm. the pods um, absorb and then spit out kind of pot people and bland versions of, of human beings. But there's something quite terrifying about the idea of plants taking over. Mm. Like there's a bunch of plants in my bedroom. And genuinely, sometimes they <laughs> terrify me. I do think they might strangle me while I sleep.
2: Well, I think it's in a similar way to the birds. It's when things that are in nature take back control over you. Because there is we are outnumbered, really, by animal life and plant life. And so if something like this did happen, we'd all be doomed. And that's a terrifying idea and I think that it's also because they feel very normal it's something that's very average in our day-to-day life they're all things that we see plants seem very mundane but actually they are living things aren't they they sort of respire and they grow and they change and so if they suddenly started becoming sentient beings I I think we'd be screwed (laughs) 100% (laughs) And what did you
1: make of the style of the film? Because it's so distinctive visually. It feels very cold, but there's so many vivid colours. And, you know, Little Joe is kind of this red, stark, bright red Mm. little plant that it feels almost like a sea of poppies almost. But also it's a plant that looks like nothing else you'd seen before.
2: It looks almost sort of demon-like, I think with the red color that's a take and almost like an urchin as well it looks like it could be um, sea life so it had that element to it but the rest of the film as well you see a lot of green colors and white and paleness which I feel goes with the fact that it's a, a sterile environment we're meant to know that it's there's that control that's trying to happen that we have in hospitals when we're or science labs where we're trying to make sure everything goes to plan which doesn't always happen as you then see in the film I also found it fascinating with some of the shots the way that it pans away from the people having the conversation and just decides to focus on something else in the room it's just like are we meant to be losing track here are we meant to almost be like We're slightly numb to this and are we being infected by the little Joe plant because we're sort of invested in this film now? And it it was, it was almost like you start daydreaming. And I think they're trying to create that feeling within us that we're this numb getting along with our daily life, that the characters who've inhaled the pollen are just they're themselves, but they're not. And I felt that these interesting choices of like panning or closing the picture in away from the characters was almost creating that in us it's like we're watching the film but we're not quite watching it yeah that's what i thought anyway
0: love it (laughs) our aim was to create a plant with a scent that makes its owner happy
2: we are entering
0: a new era here the first mood lifting antidepressant
1: happy plant We've received orders from all over the world. I just wanted to say that I feel really proud to be working with
0: you. Look what I have for you. What do you say we call him Little Joe? You have to take good care of it. Keep it warm. Talk to it. It needs attention. What's so special about it? It makes you happy.
1: Thank you so much for doing this, first of all. I'm Thank really excited you. to talk to you. I loved your performance in Daphne. Thank I know you. this is not the film we're talking about here today, but also in Little Joe. So mm. I wanted to talk a little bit about what, you, what sort of research or process did you do? Mm. Did you have any... I wonder whether you looked at other performances or other figures to bring kind of elements into building I, Alice?
0: Well, I didn't actually. Oddly, actually, Jessica was like, mm, watch Christine. Which is, I guess, quite a different character, but not too different. But we also looked at Emmanuelle Champentier, who's a real life woman, mm-hmm. and she's an extremely, extremely um, brilliant scientist, and she's French. She wears uh, she wears neck scarves just like Alice. That was inspired by Emmanuelle, and she also has this short little bob haircut. Um, but um, she uh, she discovered she invented CRISPR-Cas9 which is this revolutionary gene editing tool in which you can basically splice out any gene that you specifically want and um, you can do it in about a week it's just like much more quick it's much quicker more specific way of editing genes which is slightly frightening but also it's revolutionary for health and medicine and stuff like that curing diseases Um, anyway so she we watched videos of her talking about her life and she she's quite she comes across a little bit shy um a little bit spiky sometimes but a little a bit vulnerable sometimes in talking about her private life she said she didn't have any time for her personal life for personal hobbies she said she listens to music in the lab sometimes but um but she loves her work and she's very confident with her work so she was definitely a um an inspiration and alice has quite spiky, detached qualities at work um, and loves, prefers more the element that she can control, which is her career, which she's very good at in her personal life, her romantic life and her relationship with her son is a bit less familiar to her. Um, And also Jane Goodall, we looked at Jane Goodall as well, the chimpanzee Mm -hmm. researcher um, who sacrificed things in her personal life for the chimpanzees. So we looked at them too and Christine, and also I watched Jessica's other films which were very helpful, like Hotel, and Lords, and Amalfu, because the performances are very natural, and just very natural and nuanced, but very low-key and natural, and um, I think a lot of the characters are fairly inhibited, some of them. But it was a really good contrast because, obviously, Little Joe. The visuals are super loud and quite artific- artificial, and very, very vivid colours, and the costumes, and you know, there's like big cup luminous cupcakes in the mm-hmm. and, and jars of marmite in the in the scientist's canteen, which made us giggle. But you, you know, it was it was really fun. It was a real joy to see all the set and all the amazing, beautiful set and colours. But then I had to ignore it really. I mean, there's a lot of world building going on, Mm -hmm. I felt, with
1: just those little details and the color palette of the whole film. But I found it really interesting with Alice and I wanted to ask you as well, kind of how did you build her, the characteristics of her? So you mentioned a little before kind of the bob, Mm -hmm. the quite stern, but pastel colored clothes, Mm -hmm. the way she walks, like Mm there's so the way she sits or the way she talks, even her her way of relating uh, to Joe and to her work colleagues. And to her work colleagues in social situations mm. as well is quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, could you talk a little bit about kind of your working with Jessica and creating mm. her visually and those kind of small mm. elements of her that built up the whole
0: character? Well, it was very choreographed. It, Jessica was very specific about what she wanted, um, so I felt I felt like when I won can I felt like it was. It felt odd receiving the award because it was actually, she was such a, it was like also her. Mm It was both of us, really, and and, and loads of it came from her mind. So I felt like we should have shared that award. Although I think it's obvious that the performance is created by the director. Um, But (laughs) I wanted her to be able to take it home as well. Um, It felt a bit odd just taking it for myself. But um, yeah, very, very specifically choreographed and before every scene there was constantly discourse between Jessica and I about specifically what my character's thinking right now and how she feels about the character that she's talking to in that instance because it's always shifting and the dynamics always changing there's always this subtle power plays and and um awkwardness and paranoia and subtext always going on between them and um and because they're quite intellectual characters she's very cerebral so she's not expressing it outwardly But she's kind of um, repressing it all inwardly. Um, Just to pick up on something that you Mm -hmm. mentioned a little bit before and the way you spoke about kind of your references
1: were all very ambitious, incredibly Mm -hmm. professionally accomplished women Mm -hmm. as well. How do you see Alice's relationship with ambition and her work? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, it's something that she feels comfortable in. And it's quite cleverly done by Jessica because I think once the plant starts affecting people Mm -hmm. and alice is completely thrown out of her comfort zone it's territory she's not comfortable in so then all her dynamics start to shift like her son becomes the parent and she becomes the needy child who wants reassurance and and um the relationship with chris starts to become a bit hard to handle and she starts losing trust for her colleagues and also she's created this Frankenstein monster plant which she thought she had complete control over but she's realised she's created this monster that she, she's created something that she doesn't quite know what she's created and she feels responsible and worried and feels like she has to do something about it so to suddenly find out that you really messed up um when you've always been somebody who has been very competent and successful it's very it makes her very insecure and um out of control and makes her a lot needier than she really thought she was
1: it's interesting to see especially in rewatch her sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. towards her work and how it shifts Mm -hmm. and kind of that you mentioned before the subtle intellectual power plays that they all do with each other Mm -hmm. but especially her because we're much more seeing the the world of little joe through Mm -hmm. alice's eyes Mm -hmm. how do you think that sense of ambition and and wanting to be in control and responsibility shifts because she she's quite you know she can Bend the rules when mm-hmm. they suit her. She does at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, she takes the plant mm-hmm. to her house without mm-hmm. understanding, probably, all the. And she used st- tools that haven't been authorized. Yeah, and she's yeah. very defensive
0: as well mm-hmm. in a
1: really cool way mm-hmm. about using those tools. Mm-hmm. So, how do you think that plays into her inevitable journey?
0: Well, she feels quite stupid and she stops trusting herself after a while, which means then everything goes tits up because. She hasn't got any sense of balance at all because she thought she knew better and to bend the rules. And she's like, I don't need the rules, you know. She knows exactly what she's doing, but then realizes she's made the most obscene mistake that will go public and also her career would be destroyed. She probably wouldn't be allowed, she'd be kicked out of the, the scientist community maybe she'd be banned from doing things if she's bending (laughs) rules yeah and so so she's gone from being yeah very confident to uh not not trusting herself at all but i love that about it because you can't really control that concept that you can't control nature and that plants will naturally naturally have always adapted to survive because they can't move at all and so they they adapt to be able to stay alive and that's quite remarkable, really. And they've outlived us. <laughs> you know, they've been living much longer than we have.
1: And I love the kind of the inverse journey as well. Alice's journey mm-hmm. of kind of starting off incredibly confident, mm-hmm. successful, mm-hmm. very in control, and as you say, then sort of losing that control mm-hmm. and assuming her responsibility in mm-hmm. in that journey. Mm-hmm. One of the things I wanted to touch upon as well was her relationship with her son, with Joe, mm-hmm. versus her relationship with her creation, mm-hmm. little Joe. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we discussed that a lot uh, in the rehearsals before the film. We rehearsed the psychotherapist scenes uh, where Alice really is is truthful about her feelings, and she and the therapist is the only person she really talks to about that, and about her guilt and admitting that Her plant is her child and that it is more important to her and that Joe does come second. So that, again, that guilt comes out when all the lines start to blur together. Because as soon as the plant starts becoming out of control, her guilt and paranoia about that starts to bleed into it. And it all becomes this big mess for her. And... um, she doesn't quite, because there's there's so many explanations to what's happening. There can be a psychological explanation or the scientific explanation or nothing could be happening at all and it could just be in everybody's minds. So she's constantly, the character's constantly shifting between those explanations and that was something that Jessica and I had to constantly talk about because sometimes mm-hmm. you have no idea because it's all open to how, because Jessica had a very specific idea of what she wanted so mm-hmm. it was always like, what do we need? What do you want here? What? So, and yeah.
1: And what did you think uh, of the concept? I mean, did you, when you first encountered or approached for the project, mm-hmm. of this sort of um, almost plant-based Frankenstein monster's mm-hmm. tale?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such an interesting idea. I love, I love the idea of sci-fi because it's so. It's such a. Um, it's 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 such a current topic that is interesting to explore, um, because our technology is advancing all the time, and we don't quite know what we're doing to nature, really, and um, I've actually been reading quite a few environmental horrors and psychological horrors recently, which are amazingly written and extremely disturbing. I love that she was a female protagonist who was a professional female protagonist, and that she was altering these plants it's a very futuristic film and also i loved that but also she has all these concerns that are not they're all very relatable that they've concerned people forever so mm-hmm. very 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 normal topics like her relationships and the therapist and her mental health and keeping that in check but uh, alongside this futuristic subject so it makes it all very plausible and i think jessica did some research and she asked him is it possible for a plant to mutate and all this um
1: yeah and um what did you make as well about the i kind of love that the plant's purpose is to bring people joy mm-hmm. a sort of artificial joy yeah um what did you think of kind of the let's call them the the little joe army you know once Mm -hmm. people are sort of infected by little joe Mm -hmm. and they become quite placid Mm -hmm. and technically Mm -hmm. happy Mm -hmm. if that's even a term is that even a a bad situation to be in we had that question
0: asked quite a lot Mm. and well we've been discussing what what happiness is, mm. and that our interpretation of happiness is different for everyone, what somebody thinks makes them happy, another person doesn't, like materialistic objects, money or relationships or stimulating work, or just the Buddhist mentality of happiness, which is just being. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jessica was quite provocative in suggesting that is it necessarily a bad thing? that people are placid and just care about the plant and what is happiness and also are humans the rightful owners of planet earth anyway and and, and all these all these subjects um quite controversial ideas
1: and even with your own character with Alice is she happier mm-hmm. by herself doing her work mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's a question as well that it leaves it open to interpretation and your own ideas on what you think it's saying or what Mm -hmm. what how you take it for Alice she is content
1: how do you think she relates to other people because she does seem quite um introverted Mm -hmm. like you said like we've been talking about likes being in control Mm -hmm. but there's sort of relationships around her like with her colleagues Mm -hmm. Especially Chris, especially Bella. So how did you build that sort of rapport that's not quite so deep as it might have seemed at the beginning?
0: Well, we did rehearsals with Carrie and Ben. And so we worked on the little dynamics between them and always what they're actually trying to say by this. So then after a while, it started becoming, we could get the gist of it and and figure out how they're, Mind's work but it was always always Jessica and Ben and I joke that before you can't massively prepare for each scene beforehand because you never know what idea Jessica's going to come up with which was really fun but also (laughs) be like no idea (laughs) because it really is because the script really is open to how you want to play it and that massively shapes how the film will be she had very strong ideas about what she wanted so she would tell us what she wanted and um yeah, we we couldn't plan before because you don't know what she's going to want. So, because it always takes a really unexpected turn between the characters. They, you don't know, especially Alice. Because one minute she's like, that was all ridiculous. I so imagine that all. And then she completely takes a U-turn. So, I just had to know what Jessica wanted um, from the scenes. And it really shapes the film, how Alice reacts to it all.
1: How do you think... It sits within genres because it's both kind of a, an environmental horror and yeah. it's a sci-fi film.
0: Psycho thriller, mystery thriller. But not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jessica subverts genres and she sort of makes her up her own genres really. Um You can't re- quite get a handle on Jessica's you can't put a label on it because <laughs> she's really unique and her mind and her imagination and her humour is really offbeat and she's got this great Good sense of humor and yeah, you know, interesting and quirky. I like her. Thank you so much Thank for you. your time. It was a pleasure to meet you. You too. <laughs> and
1: that's it for another episode of the final Girls podcast please do rate and subscribe on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can find out more about what we do on the and follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at the final Ghost uk you can also follow Rowena on twitter at Rowena that's with five e's and i'm on anna B demented
0: you're starting to notice too aren't you